it's a very competitive world out there right now. And alternative investments just overall are filling the gap uh, for client portfolios. Often advisors are getting disappointed with traditional long only approach to investing, kind of that broken 60-40 model. It's never been about lack of desire to have access to these types of funds and products. It's always about the how. And what we've been able to do is just solve that problem. So we can bring and these products and, uh, and opportunities to the advisor uh, in a much more streamlined way and work within the protocols of the large enterprise firms, IBDs, broker dealers, and of course the RA community. Come on in, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, the founder and CEO of Ezra Group Consulting. Over the past 16 years, we've worked with hundreds of fintech vendors and enterprise wealth management firms to guide them towards making better business and technology decisions. In fact, February of next year will be our 17th year in business. If your company has a software product that you're selling to, asset managers, broker dealers, or RIAs, or other firms, go to our website, ezragroupllc.com, and fill out the Contact Us form. Our Wealth Tech Research team will reach out to you because we can deliver a wide range of market insights for your firm, including competitive analysis, partnership analysis, addressable and obtainable market estimates, sales targeting, and insights on buying decisions, and more. Every Wealth Tech vendor needs this data to be successful, especially when entering new markets. And you can start the process off by going to EzraGroupLLC.com. was compliance tools, also referred to as RegTech. Unfortunately, we had a glitch in our schedule because our guest for this episode got tied up and wasn't available to get the recording done in time to release it last month. However, we're not giving up. We're publishing this interview with Matt Brown, founder and CEO of Case, this month because, well, we find the company's technology to be compelling, and it's something we really want to share with all of you. So this month is going to be Matt Brown of Case, and RegTech has become one of the fastest-growing segments of fintech. According to a recent study conducted by Wealth Management Magazine, wealth and asset management firms have increased their budgets for compliance software by over 9%. So you're going to hear about how enterprise wealth management firms can implement the case alternatives platform, some insights in industry trends in alternative investments, and some new products on the roadmap. Now, here are the housekeeping items. Be sure to subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss future episodes. Now, let's get this one started. I'm excited to introduce our next guest on the program. It is Matt Brown, founder and CEO of Case. Matt, welcome. Thanks, Craig. Great to be on Wealth Tech today. Thanks for being here. I'm glad we could work it out. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the year. Any big plans? Uh, yeah, finally going to spend a little time with my wife and four children. Uh, it's been a quite a hectic year, very busy, exciting but nevertheless, uh, looking forward to some long overdue family time. I hear you. I'm the same way. I got three kids myself. So yeah, we got to fit those in while we can. All right. So um, again, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Can you please, let's just jump right in. Can you give us the 30-second elevator pitch for Case? Absolutely. Uh, Case is a financial technology platform. Uh, we connect uh, two communities, 
Uh, one community is the alternative asset management community. So think hedge funds, private equity, private markets, overall, private credit, real estate, those funds and products, and of course, structured notes to another community, which are financial advisors. Uh, we are a B to B to C platform. So our client is the financial advisor uh, who then of course serves their end client who is their investor. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that. It's really changing the industry. I think how firms like yours are making uh, these assets, these different securities more available to advisors. So if I'm an enterprise wealth management firm, which is a lot of our, our listeners, how can they best use your product? Can you give me an example of how they would implement it? Sure. Uh, you know, the case platform is, is extremely flexible and customizable. Uh, but if you're an enterprise wealth management firm, uh, uh, you may want to either use the platform end to end, uh, in which case uh, it's a very uh, easy integration. We're cloud-based um, and you are having an experience where you're coming into the platform you are seeing menus of products, you are engaging in our educational platform, you are seamlessly transacting in what used to be very complicated uh, private funds, uh, and you're having a pre-trade, trade, and post-trade experience that feels a lot more like a mutual fund and an ETF than a, than a, a private uh, markets or a hedge fund. Um, if you are owning part of the value chain that I just described and you only wanna use pieces of case, um, for example, maybe you have uh, fund selection or product selection internally, uh, and you may want to put your funds on our platform for you, uh, we can accommodate that. So your menu will be curated of our products. From an integration standpoint, uh, we can integrate into all the compliance and existing workflows of an enterprise firm. Uh, so that case is now part of how you do your business. And of course, we can also appear in any of the existing desktop applications that are currently being used or other service providers that you work with. Uh, we call those our integration partners. So the platform is uh, modular uh, and very customizable to really meet the needs of the enterprise client. Yeah, I was surprised because we work with a lot of the biggest broker dealers and a lot of them use your tools to power their alt platform. Well, it's a very, it, it's a very competitive world out there right now and alternative investments just overall are, are stepping in and you know, filling the gap uh, for client portfolios. Often, you know, advisors are getting disappointed with traditional long-only approach to investing, kind of that broken 60-40 model, which we don't need to kind of get into much detail, but it's never been about lack of desire to have access to these types of, of funds and products. It's always about the how. And what we've been able to do is just solve that problem. So we can bring and these products and, uh, and opportunities to the advisor uh, in a much more streamlined way and work within the protocols of the large enterprise firms, IBDs, broker dealers, and of course the RA community. It was interesting when you talk about how you're making these very complicated securities, almost like trading an ETF. So it makes making it so simple. How, how has that increased the use of alts at some of these firms? Well, we've been, we've been a lot of surveying uh, with the advisor community at large and you know, we were surprised to find out that, you know, very early on, we've, we've been in business now 10 years trying to solve as many of these hurdles and problems as possible. But, you know, advisors are very busy. Uh, as you know, I used to be an advisor. Uh, we have a lot going on. We're dealing with clients. We're investing. We're making decisions. 
if you put up too many structural barriers to anything, um, they're just going to get avoided. Uh, so what was happening with alternative investments, and one of the main reasons why the allocation rates in the independent wealth channel, including the IBD space, are at low single digits uh, as compared to even the large wirehouses or the institutional market where they're double digit, 15, 20, 30%, is because it's very complicated, uh, operationally intensive to actively allocate to alternative investments. So problem number one that we solved was just making sure they were easier to purchase. We then had to go to new frontiers, like making sure that everyone understood the products. We invested a tremendous amount of time, effort, and capital in an artificial and machine learning uh, learning platform, educational platform, to make sure advisors understand alternatives, understand that uh, where to implement them uh, in client portfolios, both at the strategy level and also down to the product level. You're leading me right into my next topic. So looking at industry trends, you're, you mentioned the final frontier or the, the new frontier, and you're sort of moving into those areas with your, with your platform. One of the things you had mentioned about industry trends was uh, what's driving your data insights platform. And you mentioned a little bit about it with the AI ML. Can you, can you explain what that is and how it's using uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning to understand advisor buying behavior? Sure. And, you know, we, we kind of call it the, the, the next level, the next frontier case, which is many fintech companies, and they've done a great job, have, you know, brought automation to really back office or middle office manual processes. Um, and that's important. And, and we do too. Um, but really, the, the big jump is when we can automate the, the you know, the top of the funnel, engagement, learning, uh, buying uh, patterns understanding what's going on and how do we how do we break out of this traditional mold of white papers and conferences and human beings and salespeople to really use technology to drive demand in a, in a thoughtful way so what we've done a case is we've really um, invested in in data um, we use snowflake um, we use other other vendors for our data warehouse um, we have been able to understand the buying behavior, the interest level, uh, predictive analytics uh, from advisors. And that informs us to build our menu of products or service offering overall. That, so we're kind of meeting the advisor or the asset manager where they need to be met in a predictive way. In 2022, we're excited to announce that we're going to be able to bring that data to the advisor community and the asset manager community for their use. So not only will they see, uh, have an experience of as a user of case, but they'll now begin to see anonymized data uh, that uh, will inform potentially trends and other things that they might find to be useful. Yeah, that could be huge. You know, I, I, I we work with a lot of fintech firms and we're always pushing them to do more with the data they have. And when you're as successful as your firm is, you've got thousands and thousands of advisors interacting. Why not bubble up that, the, the trends that you're seeing and present that to other advisors saying, hey, this is what your peers are doing. Why aren't you doing that as well? Yeah, you can really index advisors. You know, there's, there's definitely a community of financial advisors out there that we've been able to identify that are often ahead of the trend in investing and often right. Um, 
I can give an example. Uh, qualified opportunity zones. It's a big topic out there, investing in qualified opportunity zones. Who are the advisors that were early thinking about that, wanting to learn about that, how to implement those strategies, get access to those strategies? That's just an, one example. But how about if we were able to, you know, bring those kind of leaderboard players in a way that would be trackable, whereas a financial advisor, you're always seeing advisors or having access to advisors who are oftentimes kind of on their front foot when making investment decisions. Could that be useful data for them? Uh, so we're always thinking about kind of creating that expert network uh, and tracking that and of course, bringing those data insights on an anonymized basis. I wanna be clear on that uh, to the community. Oh, obviously, every, every all this data is anonymized. That's kind of a, 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 an ex expectation, but when you're, you're also talking about the last mile and the final frontier, and it's more about understanding needs rather than making, just making manual processes more efficient. Yeah, you, you know, when you, you think about an old fashioned roadshow, right? Just to really break this down and you kind of, you're out there talking to a lot of people and sometimes you're getting on a plane or a train and showing up in a city and taking 10 meetings, a couple cancel, five aren't interested. You know, what's your hit ratio there? You know. What if you knew ahead of time that everyone you're gonna be speaking to or spending time with is interested, they are on their own time learning about the strategy so they're up to speed, and maybe you use virtual communication to reach them. Um, what ends up happening is that you just become much more efficient as a business and you're not wasting time. Uh, and of course you're allowing technology to really drive distribution. Uh, and for us, that's a, that's kind of the magic, uh, the magic sauce there. It's all about distribution. I hear that so much on the asset management side. You know, we, we work with a lot of asset managers and that's really their, their drive, their mantra. How do we improve distribution? Yeah, I think distribution is sometimes considered not a positive word. You know, when people think of distribution, they think of product sales and they think, oh my God, I'm being sold to. Distribution is the expansion of a shareholder base with individual investors or advisors who want to be exposed to your strategy and just doing it in an efficient way. So when we think about helping asset managers, right, the other side of our platform, get better distribution, what we're really saying is, hey, there's a multi-trillion dollar untapped market of, of investors that are being overseen by financial advisors who really want access to the strategies to improve the outcomes for their portfolios. So let's work together, but let's not waste time with those folks who aren't interested. Let's help people learn and then get exposure to your strategies. And that will result in asset managers growing their shareholder base with investors who are knowledgeable. And everyone wants a knowledgeable investor. Yeah, that almost leads into um, your when you talk about qualified opportunity zones and and avoiding roadshows or knowing that the people you're speaking to are interested, that almost takes the place of some marketing tools that they're looking that they're trying to bring in more investors, but they're bringing now they're bringing in ones that are actually interested in the products they're selling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, imagine if you and I started a Whole Foods together. And we knew every single person that was walking through our door was going to buy a certain product before they walked in. Hmm. Like that's kind of where we are and, and where we're at least driving towards. 
So because we work so intimately with the financial advisor and we use data, we understand what their buying behaviors and interests are. We understand what their clients' portfolios look like. When we add a private equity fund, as an example, to our platform, we already know where the advisor community that has the highest probability of investing in that fund is. We don't have to scour the universe starting at zero again. And that's very effective. Um, and the data that we use and glean to be able to do that allows everyone to save a tremendous amount of time and cost. Um, even to the point where if we can start to empower asset managers with that data and even potentially allow them to self-serve. Um, that is a, you know, when I say self-serve, really use the platform as a tool to really do their own distribution. That's, that's kind of revolutionary because most of the, the other firms out there, they have self-serve, but it's, it's very manual self-serve. Like go here, click this, do this. You know, you're kind of using the platform um, on your own, but you have to be an expert how the platform works. As opposed to what you're saying is they can use the platform, but the platform is going to give them advice as to where they should be going and what they should be doing. From the manager perspective, so there's the financial advisor on one side, the asset manager on the other. On the, from the asset manager perspective, many of them want to participate in, the, in their own distribution of product. And yes, other platforms out there kind of allow a self-serve, but that's often in the back and middle office functionality, kind of that pre-trade, trade, post-trade experience. What we're actually talking about is including the asset manager in the front end of the funnel, in the engagement portion. And that really is driven by the efficiency and the data that we're given. And that's been very welcomed um, across the board by the asset management community. Oh, I'm sure they would love that. I mean, who would want to know exactly which advisor community would be most likely to be interested in your product? As, as out of all the hundreds of thousands of advisors out there, you can kind of micro-target just the ones who you think, who based on your data, would be, would be most interested in it. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about the budgets of these large asset management firms, the marketing and distribution budgets are enormous. Uh, and the vast majority of that is salaries. Um, and not that you know humans aren't needed, but you know you may not need hundreds of people canvassing, you know thousands of investors, not knowing who's interested, just to dumb it down, in their products or who has the highest probability based on interest or buying past buying behavior. So you know the ability for us to be able to be an effective partner to the asset manager allows them also to, you know, be more economical on their end on their marketing and distribution spend. Hey, I want to take a break from this episode to talk about our sponsor. The Invest in Others Charitable Foundation is a nonprofit that recognizes financial advisors for their exceptional charitable work. Their 15th annual Invest in Others Awards will be held digitally this year from September 20th through September 23rd. That's just eight days from now. Be sure to tune in each day at 4.45 p.m. Eastern time to watch as each award category winner is unveiled. You can watch on investinothers.org forward slash awards, and there's no logins or passwords required. Now, I've been involved with Invest in Others for three, no, four years now. It's a great organization. They do a lot of good. Uh, please donate on the website, investinothers.org. I'm sure your company will match your donations. And almost every wealth management company that I know of is involved in Invest in Others. They do a, a, some fantastic work. Each finalist in the Invest in Other Awards receives a donation of 
And the winners in each category, and I believe there are five categories, receive between $50,000 and $75,000 towards their nonprofit. And these are life-changing amounts for some of these organizations. And I've been uh, lucky enough to be part of the judging on some of these categories. And they're, uh, the, the categories are things like local community involvement, uh, international charitable work, um, uh, you know, uh, lifetime achievement awards, uh, things like that. So uh, they, they break it out in different ways. And it's really tough to, to pick the winners because there's so many good charities that are doing such good work, building schools, getting, um, helping feed people, building orphanages overseas, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, makes me feel really inadequate. I really got to step up my, my volunteer game, but investinothers.org is a great uh, organization, great charity. You should check them out at their website. And uh, you don't want to miss their awards this year. And please tune in on their website, investinothers.org forward slash awards to find out who wins. I don't know who's going to win. We need to learn. We need to know. We want to know who the winners are. So check them out. Yeah, what I really like about this, we, we do a lot of research into um, not necessarily asset management, but distribution platforms such as model marketplaces or TAMPs that are distributing yeah. uh, asset management um, products. And what we're seeing is the ones that can provide this type of information are way more successful than ones that will say, well, we'll just make you available, but then you need to go out and send a teams of wholesalers out to knock on doors and make sales. And as you said, your software, well, you still need people. It's going to make them it's going to push them up the value chain. They're instead of doing the grunt work of knocking on doors and making phone calls, they can really focus on building relationships with the right advisors. Right. It's also, the, you're absolutely right. But the other end of this is that advisors don't want to be bothered with things they're not interested in. So both communities want the value of this on the case platform. It's not just that the asset manager is now going to have more of a qualified targeted approach to distribution and raising assets, which clearly they are. But the advisor knows that if opportunities are being presented from the case platform, uh, it's because there's a high probability that they have an interest in it as well. So it's kind of that both communities are are invested in making that work, um, and and so far it's uh, it really has been taking off, and I think it's it's going to be a big part of our 2022. Um, I also want to go back though and just kind of take a half step back on this topic, which is just customization generally, not just with data, but you know, when we think about customization, many of the firms that we work with are complex. Um, you know, the least complex firm could be maybe a small RIA that would wanna use our platform end to end, but you also have very complex firms with thousands of advisors with compliance protocols and workflow. Our platform really has the ability to customize around all the individual needs and now really be used in an unbundled format, uh, not end to end. So for example, I'll just isolate one thing or two things, our transaction engine. Um, firms have their own products and they, they find their own funds and many firms really, as, I mean, I'm sorry, advisory firms really do enjoy seeking out opportunities, doing their due diligence, but they do want that operational efficiency. What our platform is able to do is really almost be wiped clean of the existing marketplace and menu and onboard all the ideas and products of an, a firm that they may have that are not organized, centralized, or platformized. Uh, and that feature has been extremely uh, popular of our platform. Basically, 
it's a little bit like creating your case or your experience. Um, and um, so from the advisor side, the ability to really personalize or customize our platform, isolate functionality that's important to you uh, and add what you want uh, is important. We also see this in the educational uh, area of our platform. We have a state-of-the-art educational platform. I mentioned artificial intelligence and machine learning powered. And we see a lot of advisor firms now, especially in the enterprise world, are asking our, asking our platform if they can create customized learning modules based on the products that they've selected. So now when you're logging into the case platform, you not only have products that you like, if you're an advisor that you may have found yourself, but you have corresponding educational uh, protocols, which need to be woven in, especially in the more regulated firms like the broker dealers as a needed step before investing. I can see that all these tools have really driven growth at your firm. Can you share any yeah. statistics around usage or volume that you have available? Sure. Uh, you know, we do, there's billions of dollars a year that flow across our platform from the advisor community into the uh, asset management community. Um, you know, but just to give you some stats, um, Q3 alone was our highest volume quarter. And I think it was up 75% year over year. Uh, we're seeing a record number of advisors adopt the platform uh, because they realize that they need to be competitive and have access to alternative investments in a streamlined fashion uh, if they want to retain or deepen wallet share for their clients. Uh, and we have adoption rates now, of, I think it's over two firms per day are making their first transaction on our platform. So effectively, first time users are averaging two a day. We'll bring on over 500 new firms this year alone. Um, that doesn't include, of course, firms that have already made th their first transaction are now doubling down, tripling down. We see uh, rates of adoption or use of alternatives growing exponentially once a firm plugs into the platform. There's a bit of a pent up demand feeling that we see, and many firms gonna have this very steep curve. You know, once they're on the platform, they start using it. Portfolios get diversified. The 60-40 model breaks. It's now adding alts uh, into the equation. Um, I think we've had over 100% year over year just overall usage on the platform uh, growth this year. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty pretty big year. I do want to mention also we talk a lot about funds, but we have the largest structured notes technology platform available as well where uh, financial advisors uh, who like to buy structured notes, um, uh, uh, you know, they're the credits of the largest banks uh, and we do have had enormous growth in that business as well. Thanks for sharing that. It's, you guys are just killing it. It's, um, you know, there's so much need out there, as you mentioned, once you, once your platform goes live, the use of alts grows exponentially because the advisors are used to a very difficult process. They're used to a lot of paperwork. They're used to a lot of manual effort. And your, your, your platform uh, apparently allows them to, reduces a lot of that friction. And I think that's, that's really going to be helping grow the use of alts across firms. And, you know, a lot of these larger RIAs that you work with, and, and some, we work with some of the same ones, the, you know, the 10 billion and up firms, they're really targeting uh, wirehouse advisors. And wirehouse advisors often have a high percentage of alts 
in their portfolios and they want that same ability when they move, if they, if they leave and go break away or they leave to join a big firm. So I think you can help facilitate a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's our main bread and butter. Really, there's, there is a little bit of a David and Goliath story with Case that, you know, um, often gets talked about, you know, you know, really where we're, our strength is really the, the kind of the IBD enterprise and the RA community. And, you know, they're often in, in competition with the largest five or 10 firms out there, what we often call the wirehouses. So our ability to deliver a platform solution for alternative investments that feels a lot like a wirehouse platform solution, because of course those biggest firms have built businesses like Case. Um, this is a real leveling of the playing field. Uh, and, you know, we've had advisor after advisor, you know, in the enterprise level and beyond keep telling us that, you know what, I would never be able to have the wallet share from my client if I didn't have the opportunity to have alts, or I would never have the opportunity to win that client if I didn't have access to alternative investments because they would have gone with JP Morgan or Goldman. Um, and then of course, there's just the firms that are growing and building through acquisition you know, they would never be able to attract a breakaway advisor out of UBS because they're heavy alts users unless they had access to a platform like Case. So Case has been a real uh, a real uh, equalizer uh, and giving everyone a fair shot to attract new business and, uh, and grow their business. I want to be cognizant of the time. We're almost out. I, I did want to uh, let you go before you talked about some new products and services that are coming down the pike. Can you talk about some of the things you're doing for 2022? Sure. Uh, well, I mentioned the big one, uh, really the, the data insights platform um, that really allowing our community to get the benefit of all the data we've been collecting for over a decade. Right. But that's, uh, that's a, that's a, you didn't really expand on that. So what does that mean? Because now you're offering that data. So that data is available on the platform, but you're going to make it more of a, of a, a, you know, a DIY. So they can, can they plug into APIs? Is it more of a, a dashboard? How's it going to work? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a dashboard. Um, you know, so, I can't, I can't kind of do the big reveal just yet because it's going to be, it's going to be great. But, uh, you know, I think the, if you look at all the data we've collected and the way we can display it and the way we can make it available and start to expose that data, um, it's, uh, it's a big piece of it, uh, of, of our, of our 2022 roadmap. Uh, um, with that, there's also a huge need for really deeper and engaging content and education. Uh, so as we think about kind of the 2022 um, initiatives, data clearly one, uh, and bringing that data to our community in a usable, thoughtful way. Um, and we'll start small like everything and it'll grow big. Um, and then of course, really making sure that there's enough um, digestible, thoughtful content uh, that advisors, so they can understand strategies, they can understand implementation and allow the end client to also get exposure to that content and educational material. Um, we can't just load the advisor up with all the information and expect them to kind of carry the water themselves. Now, you know, there's a big, you know, we don't have to go into the trend, but the democratization and the speed of information to the end investor, we see it in all different areas. Well, let's try to help the financial advisor by bringing information to the, to the end investor directly. Will that dashboard be customizable or configurable by? Oh, of course. Everything we do at Case is customizable. So um, we build it with intent uh, and just think of it more like an app store that you can customize each app. So if you want different views or different feeds or different um, comparisons, it's going to be there. 
Oh, I love the app store. When you talk about that, I want to get on the app store. How do I get in there? So, um, how would firms work with that? So I know we're we're, we're running up against the end here, but in in the uh, in just one more minute, how would firms work with that that app store concept? Well, when I say the app store concept, I mean this as an overall architecture for our platform. We view all the components of the functionality very much like individualized, like almost like an app, right? You can connect them all together, or you can pick one or two, or you can just pick you know one. And then within that functionality, call it data insights, you'll be able to customize your journey and experience. So it's a customized platform and a personalized experience. That is awesome. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I hope they can get a demo uh, when you guys launch that. And you'll be the first on the list, Greg. All right, you heard it here first. I'm going to be first. We're going to hold you to that. Yep. Uh, so Matt, we're out of time then. So tell everyone listening uh, how they can find out more about Case. Uh, Go to our website, CASE Group, C-A-I-S Group. Uh, CASE stands for Capital Integration Systems. No one asked that question anymore, but I thought I'd volunteer it. <laughs> CA for Capital, I for Integration, S for Systems. Uh, and uh, so go to casegroup.com and uh, we will start your journey and um, get you as competitive as possible uh, overnight. And I don't want to insert myself into your um, branding, but... CAI also stands for Craig Allen Iskowitz, which is my name. So just it's it's the perfect combination. It's a, it's a natural fit. <laughs> we'll, we'll, let's do more podcasts together. That's right. We will. We have to. Do yeah. Cool, Matt. Thanks, thanks so much for here. being here. See ya. Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my three takeaways from this episode with Matt Brown from Case. Case has an impressive client base, empowers the alt platforms for broker dealers like Advisor Group, uh, Kestra, Truist, as well as large RIAs like Focus, Financial, and Mercer Advisors. Case serves two main constituencies, asset managers and financial advisors and broker-dealers. Their platforms and services are designed to maximize the revenue potential for these clients while reducing their expenses around alternatives. Case's data insights platform can help asset managers micro-target the right advisors who would be most interested in their product offerings. This is a great use case for using technology to really drive distribution, as Matt told us. So that's it for this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. But before you go, please head over to our website, ezragroupllc.com, scroll down to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of industry knowledge, trends, and articles that'll make you feel a whole lot smarter than you feel right now. Thanks for listening. I'll check you out again next time.